Well, it's another day here at Wake Up With KC. And, you know, let me ask you something. We all go through traumas and experiences where we feel powerless. And how do we transform to where we feel powerful and be our own superhero? And today I have an amazing guest who is joining us today, and he is a transformational life coach as well. So please welcome Adam Javelin. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I'm so grateful to be here. How are you doing? I am doing amazing. I've been waiting patiently to have you on the show because I have, I connected with you through Facebook. Yeah. And your story and what you've been through and how you transformed your life is so amazing. And I'm like, I got to get you on my show so I could share it with my audience. Because if anybody could do it, you know, and you did it, anybody else could do it. Amen. And it, you just share your story with us. Uh, well, how, how long do you want me to talk for? I mean, is it a dialogue? Or? <laughs> well, just summarize, you know, the highlights, the, you know, sure. and what you learned in the process. What wisdom sure. did you gain? And how did that help you transform and become your own superhero as you talk about? Yeah, well, so that's, I mean, I'll try to just lay it out there, but really condense it. So I was, look, I was infatuated with Superman, right, uh, since I was a baby. My, literally the day I was born, I brought out of the womb, my mom had the S on me. I don't think she knew it would stick. <laughs> um, and I think a lot of children, uh, they, they see these heroes and they see these characters and these ideals and, and they strive towards it. They, they strive towards it. Like any child, I had my ups and downs. I was the fat kid. I was the heavy kid. Uh, my dad, who him and I are very tight, called me El Chubbo. He did not mean to hurt my feelings. I was just, while I was growing up, there was a, in the 80s, there was a movie called uh, The Goonies. There was a kid that used to do the chunk shuffle. My friends would ask me to do that. So it, it, it was uh, something that was always there, my weight. And we moved down to South Florida in 1986. I was 10 going on 11. And you could always have your shirt off and be by the beach and be in the pool. And I hated it. I just hated it. Oh, yeah. It. I hated it. You know, and I would wear a shirt in the pool and it would still stick to my fat. And I just, I hated it. And uh, I just remember one of these days making a decision that I wasn't going to look like that anymore. Like I wasn't going to feel like that anymore. And it was very gradual. It wasn't, you know, fitness wasn't the way it is now where you could find it anywhere with and there's apps and there's programs and you know there's so much information out now but before you really had to like look for it and my mom would buy me muscle and fitness magazines and flex magazines and Arnold Schwarzenegger's encyclopedia and I would go to the gym and learn how to lift and uh, four short years I went from being the fattest kid in the class from being the best built kid I went from everyone asking me hey Adam how many Oreos did you eat last night to you know hey man how much can you bench press you know, the girls, like, <laughs> they love me. So everything on the outside changed except me. I was still this insecure class clown, uh, you know, fat kid inside, 
always wanting to make you laugh with me instead of laugh at me, quick with a joke, very charismatic, because it was a, a way of protecting myself. And now with the muscles and with the coordination, I was able to, to hang and play with the older kids and have the respect from the older kids. And they were experimenting. And I just remember the first time I had a drink and it fixed something inside of me that I didn't know was broken. I mean, it fixed it. Like it was, yo, Superman is here. You know, I remember almost like, like, it was almost like I would drink and the little kid would like look at the body and be like, oh, we have all this to play with? Like it, it was, I, I, my insides finally matched my outsides, right? I built this armor around me, but I didn't feel like that. But if I drank, you know, Ferris Bueller came out. And, uh, and you know, I loved, I loved alcohol and I loved drugs and I loved partying. And I, you know, was the first one in my high school to have a fake driver's license. Um, I was, I went to Arizona State University because it was the number one party school in Playboy and Penthouse Magazine, which it was. And I dominated there for four years and it was sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And uh, then I went to work and my family business, it was work hard, play hard. That's how we lived, work hard, play hard. And, um, but, you know, it's funny, you know, Saturday nights and Sunday football became Saturday nights, Sunday football, and Monday night football. And Saturday nights and Sunday football and Monday night football became Tuesday, you need a little hair of the dog. And, you know, Tuesday, hair of the dog. And, you know, Wednesday, you this. And then, before you know, Thursday night, you're still young. And that's the night everyone would go out pre-weekend. And then Friday night, well, it's Friday night. And and my alcoholism and addiction uh, just grew and grew and grew. And it was torture. It was torture. It really was. Because I did want to stop so many times. I really, really did. But I didn't know any other way of living. And I didn't think I was an alcoholic and an addict. Let's get that straight. You know what I mean? Like an alcoholic to me, the old me, was a bum in Manhattan with a paper bag around a, you know, a bottle, mumbling to himself, talking to nobody, petting a cat that's not there, scaring children. And an addict was like Pookie in New Jack City, like Chris Rock's character, like sticking a needle in your arm, living in these buildings, not showering. I So the definition of what an alcoholic and an addict was, I had wrong. Um, at 30 years old, I was intervened. That an intervention was performed on me where I went to rehab. I went to treatment 28 days. And I went... With a little, like I went, but I was like, ah, you know, we'll see. You know what I mean? And uh, I went, I went with the idea that I'll go for 10 days. Let's, you know, they sold me on that. Let's see if you have this thing. Let's see if you have this thing in 10 days. And it was the most life-changing, life-changing thing I'd ever gone through. Um, I learned about the disease of alcoholism and addiction. I learned about all these why I was making all these decisions. I learned why I got a DUI. I learned why I'd written my ex-wife 30 letters of that I'll stop. I learned why I had blackouts. I learned why I didn't know how to make the appropriate face and the appropriate emotion at the appropriate time. As in, I will smile at you and laugh with you while I want to kill you. You know, like I was broken. And all these counselors and spiritual men and a Catholic priest 
working on this Jew from Jersey or putting Humpty Dumpty back together again. And I had a really, really profound spiritual experience. Very profound. Uh, very difficult to talk about. Uh, on my ninth day there, where, where for me, for me personally, so in the physical body, it felt like a panic attack. What I've been taught now from doctors, counselors, therapists, um, coaches like yourself that have extraordinary powers um, was that was a part of my ego dying. So a part of me actually died and a part of me was, so I was, that night, even though my blood pressure was way over 180, something in me died and I woke up, literally I surrendered and I woke up with new eyes. And, and, and something happened to me called the parallel process. Um, and I don't know if you know what that is, but I experienced it. So I could tell you, you may have experienced within your life and your audience may have experienced and not know what it is. But I saw two decisions in front of me, literally like they were movies. It's a fucking trip, right? Mm -hmm. so I saw one, you know, one Adam get on the phone with his ex-wife being like, you know, it's day, it's day 10. Get the fuck in the car. Come pick me up. Get the divorce papers ready. Like this, I'm right. You're wrong. I have the money arrogant, you know, just defensive, argumentative, right? And on this, and I saw the video, I saw where that goes. And then I saw this at it and, and I didn't know what it looked like. I couldn't tell. I didn't know if I had to wear a yarmulke, be baptized, be poor. I didn't know, live in a different country. I didn't know, but I knew this guy was clean and sober. That's all I knew. And I jumped into that Adam with both feet, not looking back ever. And my journey began. My hero's journey began. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, J Joseph Campbell teaches about the hero's journey, you know, and I didn't see it that way at the time because I didn't even know who the hell Joseph Campbell was. Um, but I went to, I went and I attacked my recovery. I attacked my recovery like my life depended upon it because it did. And I learned these steps to live by and these principles. And I met these amazing people and I would be welcomed into this friendship and fellowship and, and see them all the time and work through my problems and my emotions and my ups and my downs and learn not how to drink and not to get drug one day at a time, and different language and, and, and motives and checking who I really am at all times and working on myself, the inside, working on the inside, an inside job. And, you know, finding my mentor and my mentor truly, truly becoming not just my hero, but like an Obi-Wan Kenobi to a Luke Skywalker and just emulating him and learning from him and, um, and, 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 and going on this, this course where I would slay dragons, I would find out who I really was, I would find out why I'm really here, I would conquer my fears and my demons and I would come back to the world, a different person and, and, show them how to do it and teach it. Wow. <clears throat> so can can relate. But mine wasn't really about drugs and alcohol. There was abuse, being bullied. And when I had my, wasn't so much of a, a parallel, so to speak, but it was one of those experiences where I was venting, I was cursing, and I'm like, well, if this is all there is to life, then get me the fuck out. 
Yeah. I don't want to be here. And I had kids, but I was so fed up with the repeated of the abuse and verbal, emotional, and mental. I just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. And then I was just like, but if there is the grass greener on the other side from where I'm standing, then you better show me the fucking truth. I stopped going to church and I just, I had to break away from everything. And just like, I wanted to know the truth. I was like fucking adamant and just like, you better show me or else kind of thing. And then there was people that showed up in my life, but it wasn't like physically. It was through certain words that I felt something from somebody. And I was like, oh, what's this? And I would pause right then and there and go and check that out. Dr. Joe Vitelli. The Zero Limits. That was the book that I, I read. And it started opening my eyes. And then his thing was, ask the question, question everything. And that's how my journey started. Sure. I get it. And it's just mind-blowing of how... And being intuitive and seeing the signs and connecting the dots, I could go back in history of, oh, so that's why I experienced that. Some of it is emotional, energetic traumas passed down to me. And then the ones that I experienced myself, it just compounds until you peel it like a, you know, like a onion, you peel the layers out and then you get to the soul. Your soul purpose, your soul connecting to that. And what did you start experiencing when you jumped in with both feet and meeting all these people? Was it also changing your mindset and realizing you had some beliefs that one you created, but ones that were told to you and whatnot. Oh, sure. And and I, you know, it's funny. Uh, the work doesn't end. You know, those that that, you know, I even uncovered one this last year. Um, it it's interesting. You know, it's it's. I I would love. You know, it's funny. I'll answer that question directly, but it, it made me think. It's it's healthy if anyone's watching. You know, for anyone to know, I actually kind of thought that there was a, an age or a level that you get to, if you do the work, you get to know everything. And then your job is just to pass it on. And what I have slowly discovered is that's the farthest thing from the truth. You're working, yes. on, you're working <laughs> on yourself the whole time. There is no graduating and these things will continue to pop up. So yes, there was stuff very early on um, that I had to work on. Um, and there are still things that I still need to address. Mm -hmm. But uh, one of the things that was the most difficult for me, and now I'm understanding more and more and more why it happened, was um, I was married. Uh, we're, we're divorced now. I had two beautiful children with that woman. And uh, this was a big shift for us, me getting clean and sober and, and this new way of life. And she, she was a heavy drinker and alcoholic, right? but, but she didn't understand the spiritual way of life. It really wasn't her thing. Um, it, to her, it even, it even seemed like a substitution for my drink. It's like, you're still, you're still 
she she just couldn't comprehend this new me. And what happened was I ended up being like Superman and Clark Kent at all times. I would come home and be the mild-mannered reporter that was there for her, that provided for the family, that you know ran a multi-million-dollar company, that made a really handsome living, blah blah blah. Um, but then I would leave the house and I would be Superman, and I would be helping people all day long, even within the company, you know. And people were attracted to me, my personality, and really what they were attracted to was my recovery. So one day at a time, one month at a time, one year at a time, I was working on all those things that you were working on, past traumas, past ideas, past beliefs, but also living two lives at the same time. So when I would go back to Clark Kent, it would reinforce the old beliefs. Then I would go out all day and be Superman and try to reinforce the new beliefs. And I was, it was a cycle of you know two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, one step back, two steps. So I didn't move forward every year. But when you keep going back to negativity and back to, you know, I have to even be careful of that because I don't find her negative. It's just that people change. People just not. Yeah. She liked this version of Adam. And I was evolving. And she, you're evolving and growing, but she's still here. And still how there. is she evolving and growing? What I had to do was detach from if she did or didn't. You know, if you want to get to my pain spots, if you want me to really look at it, of course I have my whole story. But, you know, sometimes, you know, and maybe that's, you know, I've, I've been challenged by some really amazing people, some really high people in high places that maybe I will become a divorce coach in some ways because. This was the most painful thing. You know, there was no, um, there was uh, no cheating. You know what I mean? There was no, uh, you know, she wasn't with another man. I wasn't with another woman. There was no hiding of money. There was no lot, like, like it was, it was two people that literally grew apart, you know, that, that put everything before them, you know, the kids, the parents, the family business. The finances, and eventually, you know, years go by, and you don't even know who the hell each other are. And I got this Clark Kent Superman thing going on, you know. And um, what can I tell you? It, it it couldn't last. And wouldn't you agree, Adam, that that is majority of why people are suffering and struggling the way they are because they're in a program and a belief. Got to stay in for the kids. I don't know how many couples I've heard, even through, oh, you, you know, once you're married, that's the vows till death do us part. Well, honestly, that's bullshit. Sometimes people come into your life for a season. You don't know how long that season's going to last. And they come into your life to get you to learn more about yourself. At the same time, they supposedly learns about themselves, but sometimes they don't. Yeah. Uh, this is an area I'm really going to have to grow uh, and, and really check my motives. Because even when you said that, there is a part of me that does want to believe that, that it's death to us part. 
you know, there's a part of me that wants to hold on to it. And I, and I experienced that it wasn't. Mm-mm. So I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's a romantic side of me. I don't, don't know. My mentor, he's 82 years old. He's a legend. He, when I say that, like, he's a legend. Um, and he met, his, he met his wife. She was 14 and he was 16. You know, and, um, and I look at that, I just marvel. I just marvel at that, you know, I marvel. Well, that's admirable, but look what time period was that? You know, times have changed and evolved so much, Adam, that, and being intuitive and, and understanding about history, especially about marriages and and whatnot i it was like i was having a lot of god realization moments and i was like oh my god like wow <laughs> like knowing what i know now i just can't go back to that oh no no absolutely i just I, you know i i don't like coming on anybody's show and pretending to be something that i'm not so i like i rather be raw and real and let you know like it's interesting to see it's interesting to see who i am and and what my values are and um it's interesting, you know, the whole thing is interesting. But what I can say is like any hero's journey, I went through the pain and I went through the suffering and I, I, and I came out the other end, whole, complete, strong, able to find love again. So it did, you know, it did serve its purpose. Mm-hmm. And I, and, you know, coming from, the things that I've come getting to understand out of wisdom and knowledge is we're all here on a journey and we're all gods and goddesses and we're just experiencing life as a divine spiritual being, sexual being inside this human being. And we have the power to create our own reality and experience life the way we want to. We don't have to buy into the programs. We do not have to buy in the beliefs. And my thing is I go inwards to my higher and highest self, my spirit, my soul that's in this being that I'm in. I'm like, what are we supposed to do now? What can I do to make a difference? And you know what it told me? You experienced everything in life in order for you to understand and know and show compassion to that person. To show and expand the love that's inside you that you don't need to look on the outside for. You are love. And that's when I got that, I was like, oh my God. People, we have it all wrong. We we got to do, you know, like, you got to know this kind of thing. And it's like I'm a teacher and, a, you know, and just a messenger that sharing the good news. Ha! Like the gospel. 100%. <laughs> sharing the good news. 110%. 110%. Of and do you have any, like, God realization aha moments? Like, oh, so oh, that's what that was about. Oh, all the time. You know, um. My connection to God and spirit is very, very real. And 
it's the center of my life. So mm-hmm. the center of my life and the basis in the center of all my relationships starts with me and, and, and my relationship with God. You know, and that, that channels through my recovery and being clean and sober and that channels into everybody I love. And I'm always, you know, it's interesting. Um, I, everybody's cut from a different cloth, you know, and I, I love all literature, right? So I, I know about conversations with God and Cryon and Law of Attraction and Abraham Hicks and, and I, and, 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 and uh, the power of now and, and Dr. Wayne Dyer, and however, and I love all. I you know I read and fill my soul with all of it. However, I really do tend to to go with the older literature and 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 find myself relating more to scripture and Old and New Testament and, and hearing and believing truths within that and understanding what Christ meant and understanding what He was saying. And having these aha moments all the time, um, but really, it, my life has been one of surrender. It's really, it's really, and, and and if anything, if there's one thing I would tell people, because I meet so many people that are driven like my fucking self, that are just to have this, is that I I overestimate my power and I underestimate God's power all the time. I overestimate my own power and I underestimate the Lord's power. And that's a conundrum, you know, because when you do that, all the stress and pressure is on you. And it takes a really real authentic person to say that. I know some people that are in the spiritual realm and know this, and know that, and, right? And, oh, and, they're, and they say, I mean, not you, right? I mean, but, but there's... They're saying, you know, and I would create my own reality and blah, blah, blah. And they're, and they're, they're talking like they've read, just read the Seth books and right. But when you ask them what they really want, what they really, really want, it's not there. They are not doing what they think they should be doing. They're not on the stages they want to be on. They're not on the platforms they want to be on. They haven't written the books. They don't have the success. They're full of shit and they're reading it to feel good about themselves. Wow. Because they haven't surrendered. They haven't surrendered. Wow. So their lives is their own. There is not that co-creation and duality. There is, I'm channeling, it's me, I'm the guy. Okay, good luck with that. Tony Robbins doesn't even believe that, but okay. You know, so for me, it's been one of surrender. It's truly been one of surrender. I did not beat alcoholism and addiction. I surrendered. You know what I mean? I did not win this. Or that. I, gave, I, gave, I gave up to the winning team. You know? And that winning team and that winning side and that winning force and that beautiful feeling and that and the center of my life, the center is God. Well, you are God to me. Everybody's a God. Or a goddess. And you know, it's pretty amazing because God is in different shapes and sizes and colors and genders. That's the beauty of it. Oh, it's it's a conversation that could go on and on and on and on. 
But I feel very fortunate because I don't, you know, all the books I've mentioned is I do it just to nourish myself. I don't feel lost Mm-mm. trying to trying to find what it is. That's the old Adam. I, I was very lost. And I would read the New Testament and then I would go to Kabbalah and then I would wear the red blazer and then I would I was lost, right? Now I feel found. Like I feel like and I and I use all of that literature just to nourish, just to nourish it. You know, to, to keep it healthy. You know, it's like once you build the body and once you, you can't just say, Oh, I built the body. You have to continue to feed it the right foods, work it out, right? And you can play with new stuff, but you're still taking care of it. That's how I find that's how I feel now. And you know what? It's funny you mentioned um conversations with God. I just had Neil Donald Wash on my show. He's the best. And he and he promoted his book, um, The God Solution. And I, I just got done reading it and listening to it. And I was like, wow. It's amazing. And it's nothing, it's not connected to the conversations with God. This is just something that he did. And he's so funny too. Oh, he's great. He's great. He, he, he had this on his name. He put Santa Claus and I got the word of it and then we we were able to surprise one of his fans that i had on my show previously so i got him on the phone and i have the phone over here and i'm like hey will what are you doing <laughs> well somebody wants to say hi <laughs> he's amazing he's amazing he is and he's like he is like a santa claus in a way just mild humbled with a sense of humor and i i just love him and Yes, it was, it was just like I had a, an amazing experience like I'm having with you. Yeah, he's a very special guy. Very, very special guy. And I'm learning even more um, because of the, you know, the channeling that I do. It, it, it's this ancient, like civilization civilization being so now i'm like okay i don't understand the languages that i'm speaking but i am getting little insights and feeling connections to certain places and it is amazing what i'm i just lost you no oh darn what happened I lost him. I hope he comes back. But Adam is a transformational life coach and a recovering mentor. And he is also a best-selling author, international speaker. There he is. I'm sorry. I was just bragging about you. I'm so sorry about that. No, no, no. The That's whole okay. house is out of my whole building. Well, I was just, you know, when things like that happen, I just go with the flow and say, hey, he's also a best-selling author and a motivated speaker. (laughs) But I did this. No. (laughs) No, so you were were saying about what you channel, though. Yes. And since it's ancient, I've been been connecting to 
the Machu Picchu, the Incas, um, the Lemurians, and um, it, it, it's just like the and the Mayans. And I'm like, okay, what is it about? <laughs> you know, seeing the pictures and then that connection that I'm having. I'm like, okay, what it, what's going on? Why? Why are you bringing this to my attention, kind of thing? So I'm on this journey of, oh my god, <laughs> like I didn't even have a clue, like how many other people know about this or do not know about this. So it's really fascinating to understand that history that goes way back, like ninety thousand years. Yeah, I can't. And the writings and the drawings and and there's some things that I look at. I'm like. How in the world did they know about that information and do that back then compared to what we're doing, have been doing now and recently? It's it's mind-blowing. It's amazing. So I, I love this journey that I'm on right now. And I, I'm looking forward to adding it to what I'm doing with my show. It's just in the works. I'm just patience. Everything will line up. Don't worry about it. The universe got my back. Surrender. Yeah, surrender. Yeah. You've, you've surrendered. Yeah, pretty much. You're authentic and real, you know, and that's, you know, I find that authenticity. So, you know, it's interesting. I, I found, I find how, how important that is because I, I, I find people that use my language in dialogue, or your language in dialogue, or their body, if it's, if it's bodybuilding or CrossFit or but, and they use it as a shield to not be authentic, even spirituality. And you know? why? I don't get that. That's a, that's amazing. Like, well, how can you be the greatest and the best version of you if? Because doing that inside, in my opinion, doing that inside work is very, very. It's the hardest work you can do. It's the hardest one. Might be at the beginning, wouldn't you agree? But then when you fall in love with that that best version of yourself that's authentic and your true self, it shouldn't be that hard. Agreed, but it's it's a journey. You know, you you've got, you know, you've mentioned all the traumas you've gone through it, right? So you for you, you like to uncover and discover and what why is this happening in me, right? And but for other people, it can make them feel very sick. It hit the bottle and whatever, because they're not as open as you are, or they don't want to be as open as you are, or they were forced to be open. Like so many different things, you know, because we talk about it all the time. My mentor and I, we will we'll be like, why didn't every, why didn't everyone, like, imagine you and I are in this room, right? Like, why didn't everybody come in? Why didn't they come in? Why didn't they enjoy this? And, but like, that's one of the questions, like, not, because not everybody wants to do that inside, that inside work you've done. To you, it's fascinating and fun. Well, because I was fed up. I had that point, like I'm, I'm done with this. I hear you. Like, I can no longer live like this and I'm done with this. And, and I was like, and, and certain, and I was brought up in, in a Southern Baptist religion, you know, and there's certain beliefs in there that just did not resonate, resonate with me being what I was told how to be, how to, 
you know, you can't wear any makeup. You can't listen to rock and roll music. That's the devil's music. I mean, this is how, <laughs> you know, uh, that kind of <laughs> old, old, old school. I get it, Casey. I yeah, get it. I get it. So I just it, it it sets a confusion. I think coming from that and a lost identity as well, on top of the confusion because you're reading one thing and then being told this, and then you're looking around going wait a minute, something doesn't make sense here. Something doesn't add up kind of thing. So I, now I look back, I'm like, yeah, I was confused. I didn't know who I was even then. And then when all the abuse, I was sexually abused at 13. I was raped at 15 by a drunken who threatened suicide. So that trauma Adding to the confusion, I was one fucked up hot mess. Yeah. And, but now I understand things now. And I'm like, oh, okay. Am I resentful? Am I angry at the persons? Am I judgmental? No. Because they had issues they didn't deal with and took it. And it just happened to, this happened with me. That's it. It was an experience. You were in the line of fire. But not everybody's there. So that's why I talk about it. It's just an experience. Let go. Why be a hostage to your ego when you could be the host of God in you? But you're preaching to the choir right now. So <laughs> the, the, the job is for, like, you know, really think about it. Our missions are extremely aligned. But our personalities are different. And our, you know what I mean? Like, even me and Neil Donald Walk, like, you know, I love Neil Donald Walk. But I don't think anybody would describe my personality as like Santa Claus and, you know, what I mean, I'm way more like, you know, so, but we all are coming from this, this similar place. Right. You know, with, with, this, with, with, with this similar mission. And, and God is in the center of it. Yeah. And it takes a lot of empathy on our, on our behalf to realize that a lot of people aren't comfortable or ready to do that inside work well i just tell them hey when you're ready get a hold of adam if you like adam's <laughs> and get a hold of me if you like my approach sure a hundred percent but but we're aligned yeah and did you listen to the audio book of conversations with god the trio trilogy oh my god that just blew my mind what a genius idea you got That's a good. female's voice and then you got the male's voice of narrating god's voice it was just like when i first heard it i was like whoa that's a good concept here yeah. look you know i, I it's, it's funny you say that and I, I i'm i may be beating a dead horse and i may be turning some people off but but if if you really go back to really the original concept of the Bible, of the scriptures, right? Old and New Testament. Like James Earl Jones reads the Bible. It's really good. And you hear it differently. You don't hear what you heard in the church or what somebody heard in the Catholic church when they were growing up with a priest that may be raping little boys or what uh, a little Jewish boy heard and, you know, in uh, shul. And you don't hear, because it's, it's James Earl Jones and he's reading and you actually hear the, the teachings of what everybody's looking for. And you're like, oh my God, this is why this book was spoken about like this. You know what I mean? 
But anybody could take Neil Donald Walsh's words and twist it for their own. Anybody can take the Declaration of Independence and politics like they've done now and twist it on their own. Anybody can take the 12-step fellowships that have done so much good and hurt people within them. You know, anybody can. So, so it's really, it's really about being authentic. Yeah, and then under and to me, it's like you got to understand also history. You mentioned the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. Well. It was written in the 1700s, and back in those times, they had rifles. They had things going on. So when they created that that constitution and everything, it was to fit in those times. Yeah. Look how far we evolved. So that's a broken system. I'm sorry. I'm just going to be real. I don't know if it's a broken system. I, I just think it's that. It doesn't fit into this time that we're dealing with now. It's a whole other different conversation. I guess what I'm trying to say is, I believe, you know, we were the first country to ever have freedom, right? We're the first ones. We're the first ones that not have a dictatorship. First ones ever to have elected officials. I'm not saying that every word should, should stand still and, and be perfectly like from then to now. What I'm trying to say is that I believe that there was more corruption from within than there was with the words. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Is it the United States government or is it the po politicians within the United States government? You know what I mean? Right. Is it, is it the church? Is it really the church? Or was it the was it the the priest that was raping the little boys? Do you know I mean? Is it like so like where where where's the responsibility lay? You know what I mean? That, that's really where, you know, like you said, Southern Baptist. Like, is there any place in the Bible that they were saying, like, oh, right here it says, don't listen to rock and roll music. See where Jesus was walking by, you know, he's now he's leaving, you know, Nazareth and he's going to Jerusalem. And he, you see he's going to heal this little girl. And then he says, don't listen to rock and roll music. Like somebody came in and twisted that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, but it wasn't. It wasn't the original, and that's what I meant by that. Yes, was, that's why. The, the Declaration of Independence, it's really difficult to argue with. If you read it line for line, word for word, you're not going to go, well, that doesn't make any sense. Like, it's good, but politicians love to, right? And it's the same thing with people within the church, people within my community, people within your community. You can take words, twist it, manipulate it, make it your own so that it serves you. You know, it lines your pockets, and that really helps. That really helps a lot of other people. Well, the thing about it is, since you mentioned the the Constitution, because we the people, but then when you go through Senate, it was created for man, and slaves were not considered equal, and so were the women were not created equal. It was a man's thing. So that's where. You got to understand your history when it when they're talking about in those times what was actually going wrong all around. Women did not have voices. Women did not even get an education, even back in those times. Yeah, I think it goes without saying. You know. So I'm like, hello, don't you understand your history? Why this was? Hundred <laughs> percent. However, you know what? Where I'm saying that is like, you know how sometimes they'll say, "Man, like mankind." Right, as in like all of us, right? Not man as in masculine, male as in mankind. I 
I think if you read it, 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 it's, it doesn't take away. There weren't, at the time, it wasn't taking away from slaves and it wasn't taking away, the, the, it wasn't taking away from women. Do you know what I mean? So those rules, those rule, what the fight was is those rules should be for everybody. But it was, there's nowhere in the rules that it says we're taking it away from women. You know what I mean? That was just how society was behaving, which is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Right? But if you just read it, if you just read it, and I say, okay, so point out where it says, where it's against, you know, slaves, you're going to go, well, it doesn't mention slaves. I'd be like, exactly. Please show me where it doesn't, where it says women shouldn't have rights. You're going to go, well, it doesn't say that. I'm going to go, exactly. Because they were saying, you know what I mean? I think they knew. I think they, and by the way, I'm not a historian. What I'm just trying to say is. I know. You know I, I, I really didn't want to go down this road. What I'm just trying to say is, I believe it's the people that could take something beautiful and make it ugly. And my thing is, if it's not a win-win for everyone, then it's a bad idea. But people were out for themselves and for power, control, and greed. And look how history is repeating itself. Just different time period. It's an interesting thing you said. I don't know what happened to my brain here. <laughs> It's like we're having this spiritual conversation, but you're challenging. So let me ask you something. If I intervene somebody, mm -hmm. they're a multimillionaire. Mm -hmm. They're going to get better. Mm -hmm. But it's going to affect the family in a completely different way where it's not a win for them because they've been spoiled, enabled, taken care of, pampered, even manipulated so he can do what he wants to do, she wants to do what she wants to do, and here, here's the money. To, and now I'm gonna get that guy sober. So it's a win for him, but it's a lose for them. I can't sign up when it has to be a win-win for everybody. I would be a, I would be a liar on your show. Well, <clears throat> but that this is totally different now. It's not about a win-win. It's about living and freedom. So, in retrospect, people are going to turn this show off really quickly. Would you say that the Declaration of Independence? And all that stuff we were talking about was about freedom or winning. Winning. See, I don't see it out of those eyes. Yeah. Because they're fighting a, a they they were in a war fighting to have freedom, but then it was about control and dominance. Uh, I do I do see what you're saying over time. I don't believe at that time, but I do see what you're saying at the time. At that time, I think it was more about not not being England anymore. And not but see, here's the thing: they repeated their beliefs and programmings, thinking, "No, oh, we're going to do it this way." But they followed suit in the in the same programs that they were leaving behind. But they brought it over to here. Yeah. Well, I do believe we get better every generation. So I understand what you're what you're saying. So to the to the man that's the multimillionaire, 
that created habits, had beliefs and programmings, even emotional energetic traumas that got him to the point where he's going to change himself and it's going to just change everything else around him and things might not look or be, they won't be the same. The old self has to die and relationships might have to die. But it's okay. That's how you grow, evolve, learn, and expand. And then once that old self dies, that old programmings and those old relationships, you'll realize that it wasn't the best relationship for you in the first place. It hindered you. Love them, respect them, bless them. But now your journey begins because you're finally free to be you. That's what I would say. And you can't, no one else can be you but you. So why not be the best at it? Yeah. Like you say, the superhero project, be your own superhero. Actually, if I'm going to be a pain in the ass, it's actually this the hero project. The what? The hero project. Yes, the hero. Yeah. So I call that but... very specifically. Just so you know, like, trust me, that, that was that was on the table when I was named. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, you know, people ask me how I started this and what happened. Like, it really started with a, with a notebook, you know, and a pen and finding my personality. In it. But, but the superhero project and program we're on that paper you know what i mean and i really had to mix and match the words and 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 find what i was really about you know and it was much more about the hero's journey and less about becoming a super hero because um because it's it's more reality based yeah you know the I, I totally journey. get that yeah i mean don't get me wrong though i i you know, I use the the Marvel and DC characters in movies often with my clients, so they can see how what what being heroic really means. You know, and, and it, it's really about it's really about courage and, and well, facing it. Do you know who my superhero didn't wear a cape or have you know a double life kind of thing? And she's been on my show. D. Wallace from E.T. and Cujo. Cujo was like, she was my badass superwoman because she spent majority of the time in a pinto car with her son. And there was a dog that went rabid. So, I mean, that whole, you got to watch it. Then you'll not understand what I'm saying. Oh, Cujo? I saw when I was a kid. I saw when I was a kid. I'll, I'll rewatch it for sure. D. Wallace, that was my superhero. That's all. Awesome. Not Linda Carter or Lindsay Wagner. It was her. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. Well, our heroes, you know, it's 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 a great word, you know, and it really is about it. It really is about exactly what you just said. It was. It's just having the courage to face these. You know, these very scary times and, and and going through just going through that journey you know so each i call it the project because 
where I went to get sober, we have steps and it's a program. It really is a program. And, you know, P90X that you could buy, you know, it's a program and you can go on with bodybuilders or, or and you can buy their program and almost right. Uh, and, but a program as in it's this, right? Like this is what we are going to do. I wanted mine to be a project because each person is an individual, right? So mine's more like building a house. My, my coaching is a lot more like building a house and, and, mm -hmm. and with an architect. I didn't want it to be the Adam Javelin program, right? So, you, so I'm turning you into a version of me. It's a project and we're going to figure out your likes, your dislikes, your love languages, the causes and conditions, your values, your towards values, your away values. You know what I mean, we're, we're going to break it down. We're going to, you know, we're going to see your, the four major archetypes within your personality. We're really going to do a deep dive within. Um, and, and, and that's the project. I love it. And it, it, it sounds and feels like it's custom made for that individual. Yeah. And this is their project. 100%. It's not for everybody because we're all connected spiritually. Yeah. To one, but then we're individuals that have that are uniquely designed. Yes. And it's like connecting the dots to find the true you. Yes. So I love it. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. That means a lot. It means a lot. And I'm just amazed by your transformation and you're you're doing amazing and you're so awesome at doing what oh, you're doing i appreciate it i appreciate it i had fun i'm it was, i know the conversation went Woo! but it was it was a fun twist it is that's how i roll yeah it was a fun twist i pay attention to t certain things and i bring up like yeah you know about conversations with god you know i had him on my show and the book was amazing the audio book so it's just little things well, that yeah, I mean, you know, the, I I just think the world of him. I think the world of him and his work, and his work and his courage. Yeah, his courage to do that. And look, it's it the courage for you, the courage for him. Like we all have these experiences. It's just the courage to stand up and say, "Hey." And you know what else I like? I like the fact um, that we were all open. You know, that we're open. Mm -hmm. That's the best. You might not like what I have to say. It might, you know, but I've also learned that when some people don't like what you say, it's actually a trigger on them. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to look at them like, wow, I, I'm sorry you feel that way, but maybe there's something more to this that you might not understand. I was working, it's so funny. So, you know, I, I really do a lot of work on myself. And I, what I realized was, is that, um, and I hate this word, I hate the word I'm about to use, but I have to use it, that I get very emotionally triggered and somewhat defensive when I'm tired. And I use being exhausted as the excuse for allowing that part of me to come out. And my coach, you know, was very direct with me being like, that's bullshit. Like you're in control of your emotions at all times. 
Well, hold up a second. I have a question for you. Now, this is a coach to a coach now. And me being intuitive, I sort of like felt something like there's a root of why that energetic behavior keeps. And to me, when those kind of things happen, it's an opportunity to heal from something emotional that you experience. But once you get to that root of it, bam, and you realize it, you're like, oh, so that's why I do what I do. Okay, well, boom. Then you're released from that, and it doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, well, I, I would uh, – I believe that. But also for me, because I get very set in my ways, I have to train it. I actually have to train it like a muscle to not do that anymore. So I have to very, I have to very quickly train it to go from my head to my heart, very fucking quickly. Um, but did you ever was, ask yourself why is it that I do this? Or oh god, unfortunately, yes, I hate. That's the work. That's the work, and I do it with my coach, and I dive deep. I dive deep, and again, there's that little boy in me that wants to be. I'm exhausted. You know, I'm exhausted. I haven't slept. What do you want? But but it's not that. It's not the exhaustion. The exhaustion is actually a benefit. It's helping me get it out. So but you go to your higher self? Behavior. I want to bl- blame that on being tired rather than owning my own power. Hmm. Isn't that funny? I want to blame my, you know, I'm cranky, um, I was a little sharp with my tone because I haven't slept, you know, in 38 hours. I want to blame, I want to blame my physical body for not being in control of my emotions. Oh, wow. Like 38 hours without sleep. Why? Learning, training, growing, you know, just doing things, you know, realizing what the body can do, can't do, you know, Navy SEALs do it all the time, you know, but but don't look at that exactly. That that part's not the point, right? Because it's not healthy. But it is interesting that I, I have mechanisms that want to point to, um, I, I want to explain why I'm doing it rather than examine that I'm actually in control and that I, I don't have to do it. Wow, I found that fascinating. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard because all I want to do is blame that I'm tired. That's all I want to do. Well, blame that you're tired or is there, is this a habit that you, 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 there's something on your site that says lots aholic. And when I saw that, I was like, it's almost like a workaholic. It's thriving to keep going, keep going, keep going. And it's not just your physical, but what about your spiritual soul aspect of, hey, the soul body needs to, and your energy needs to recharge. So I'm one, I'm fascinated of, is there more to this? The Lotsaholic story? The what? The Lotsaholic? Well, the Lotsaholic and you constantly working thriving learning yeah 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 it, it, it was it you know so it, it I mean I, I found out 
I was labeled that in rehab by a kid that I thought was way crazier than I was with alcohol and drugs. And they all made fun of me uh, because everything I do, I'm obsessive, compulsive. I'm, I'm, I, everything I do, I do a lot. Right? And they were like, Adam's a lot to haul. He does, everything he does, he does a lot. If he's going to meditate, he meditates a lot. You know, everything. So, and and there is a, a, a un... There's a, a an unhealthy belief or a an unhealthy primary question, which is like, uh, am I doing enough or I'm not doing enough or I should try harder? And it wakes me up, it motivates me, and it's not healthy. Mm -mm. It's but not where did you get that from? Who told you that? Or what? Did, who did you see doing that? And you took it upon yourself. Well, I come from um, very successful family. My grandfather and my father were very, very driven, very driven, and very successful. And I think then through my childhood, I started finding heroes that were very successful. And I would find out what they were doing. And constantly compare myself and see if I was measuring up. And I think, you know, you do that, you know, as a little boy and you do that year after year and you grow up and you, and, and you don't feel like you're getting what you want out of life. And you tend to, to ask that, am I doing it? Am I doing it? Well, I do. So what happened was it, 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 it's interesting because it serves me in many ways. It actually has helped me in my career and it's helped me achieve many great things, but it's also hurt me in many ways. And, you know, it's, a, this is, this whole thing is a journey of discovery for me. So I had to break a lot of primary beliefs and conditions and questions that I would ask myself to enjoy the journey more. I mean, I used to be before we met and, and it comes back sometimes like the old Adam will come back but I used to be a very much uh, cause and effect person. You know, in order to get X, I had to do Y. What's your birthday month? May 19th. May 19th. Taurus. You're to oh. So I believed in order to get X, in order to get this, I have to do this. Cause, everything was cause and effect. So I couldn't be gifted. Anything, I could, things couldn't happen beautifully. Things couldn't happen harmoniously. I had to grind, grind, grind. I had to always be my best. I had to push hard in order for me to achieve something. And once I broke that, things just started coming out of the woodwork. But that was a difficult one to break. <laughs> you know? And, and it, it was tough. It was tough. I bet. Ooh. Because I wanted it, 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 because it, I wanted to defend it, and I want my ego wanted to defend it. Does that make sense? My ego wanted to be like, no, and that person doesn't deserve what they fucking got, and I, you know, what I mean, because I fucking work hard and I got here because I did it this way. Like it's a bullshit story mm -hmm. that I use to protect myself. It's bullshit. Stubborn too. Stubborn, full of nonsense, full of 
you know, d very defensive. So, you know, it, and, and this is the, uh, a journey of discovery, you know? So, so these are some of the primary questions and primary beliefs that I had to break, which really, really helps me when I'm coaching other people. Yes. Right. Because I know I, I go back with my primary questions and beliefs from 15 years ago when I got clean and sober and I've come so far to now where I'm, when I know where they're at, I, 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 I can jump right back in and I'm there with them and I get it. And, and then I let them know that the work never ends. Yeah. Because life is a journey. Yeah. And you're going to have experiences. So, you know what, just enjoy what it, some of them are going to probably be challenging, but still just enjoy it because it gives you an opportunity to learn. And like you just said earlier, Adam, with everything that you've been through, it's like you've gained wisdom. You stood in and jumped in, went through everything so you can come back, give the feedback and help others. Yeah, 100%. My dark past is my greatest asset. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, with the, you got to go through the dark to get back to the light. Yeah. To know the difference. That's all it is, is to experience it, to know the difference. How else would you learn anything if you don't experience both? Yeah. So I just love having conversations like this with people like you. You're truly amazing. And I, I have every, um, all the data, the links and everything. So if somebody really wants to reach out to you, connect and go through the program that you offer, I, it's right there for them. And I just wish you the best of success. Uh, I appreciate it. I'm here to serve as many people as I can. I, I really love what I do. So I appreciate it. It shows you're just glowing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me on. I'm so grateful we finally got to do this. Me too. I am just like in awe, like I'm just in awe. It's a great time. Great time for sure. And we'll stay in touch and maybe we, can, sure. we can do uh, in a virtual event or something later. I'm, I'm down. I'm very awesome. open. I'm very right. I would love that. Me too. All Me right. Too. Take care. Thank you. Well, there you go. Wow. What an amazing human being. And it's, I'm just in awe with all, everything that he's been through and what he's accomplished and how he's transformed his life to help others like you. If you are seriously dealing, at, you're at a crossroads, you're hit rock bottom, and you don't know what else to do or where else to go, reach out to Adam. What if he came on this show and you're listening? What if he's he has the solution to help you be the best version of you and be your own superhero? Go for it. You got nothing to lose. There's so much more to gain. So stay tuned till the next guest comes right here on Wake Up With KC.